0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW, report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus.
1: Hey, everybody, another week, and we're back here on the Between the Ropes podcast. Brian Fritz, Connor Casey, we are both getting ready to go on the road. We're headed to Chicago for the big StarCast AEW All Out weekend. I have to separate the two because. Technically, StarCast and AEW are not affiliated. However, on Thursday night or uh, Friday night, whenever it is, um, there are weigh-ins for oh, no, AEW it, it's All else.
2: It's Thursday night. Yeah,
1: Thursday night. I, I have the whole schedule like written down on my phone just to keep track of everything, and I keep forgetting it off the top of my head. I'm like, who's doing what and when, and do I have it in the right time zone? And it's just kind of all over the place right now.
2: Yeah, they they have a schedule for who's going to be where, like, on the fight broadcast. But in terms of the actual, like, meet and greet schedule, I haven't been able to find it anywhere. Like, people are posting their own individual schedules as opposed to, like, a big graph of, like, hey, here's where Cody is going to be, where and when.
1: Right. So I haven't seen some of that. And you know what somebody was asking me, too, like, you're like, hey, what other uh, show do you want to go to this weekend? And I was like, what do you mean? They go, well, there's like another independent show or two going on. Like there's one that starts at midnight, like on Friday night, I think, or something. Is
2: is that the GCW show? I think
1: it is. And I was like, I wasn't totally aware of all of this. And I was just like, eh, I don't know what I'm going to go to. And who knows? But uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. We just don't know when it's all going on and uh, where and you know just the facts we don't know the facts
2: all i know is it's going to be fun and all i know is my credential got me into janella palooza so i'm going to have some fun there you go it's going to be a good time
1: and that's what i'm looking at too like i i don't know exactly what i'm going to be doing you know during all of this i'm just kind of playing it by you know on the fly but i'll figure it out i i will say this so thursday night i don't know I might go over to StarCast for a little while. It just kind of depends on things, but uh, and I mentioned this here on the podcast before. I'm a, I'm a UCF alum and college football season is just underway. UCF is playing their season opener on Thursday night, and I really want to watch the game. So I'm thinking like, eh, maybe I'll skip some of this other stuff that night or I'll skip part of it. Well, I'm trying to figure out where I want to watch the game. Cause I could watch it in the hotel room. And my thought originally was, uh, I really like Lou Malnati's pizza and I'll just go to the pizza place like three miles away. So me being the, um, uh, the nerd that I am, cause the games on CBS sports network and not something more common. I actually called the restaurant to make sure they got the channel and the, um, The guy that I talked to, I think would have appreciated more if I asked him, I'm a member of the alien race, and I want to see if you have the food I need for nourishment. Then ask him (laughs) if they actually have CBS Sports Network available on one of their TVs. is it it that weird of a question to ask if you have a certain channel?
2: I mean, maybe it's a little odd because they're probably taking questions about food and about reservations, not hey, do you have this one sports network that you might have and might not, and it's going to take you a minute to find it or even know where to look?
1: I prefaced it by saying, I know this is going to be a little bit of a weird question.
2: That doesn't stop it from not being weird. I
1: know, I know. But he gave me this answer where I could tell he didn't know, but just wanted to get off the phone with me. And I was just like, okay.
2: Fair enough.
1: I'm just trying to be prepared, okay? If, if if the game was on ESPN, I know they would have it. But not everybody gets CBS Sports Network, okay? Mm-mm. Okay? I don't know. I well, guess I'm there, weird like that.
2: There you go. Well, let's start with this weekend because, let's be honest, we're going to spend the majority of this podcast talking about everything that's going on. What, outside of All Out, are you most looking forward to at this show?
1: At that show or over the weekend? At
2: At, at this convention.
1: You know, i I haven't been to a starcast yet, so for me, it's just kind of soaking it all in and seeing what all they do and how they do it and i it's a little bit different from previous ones. They don't have a podcast row. I don't believe like there's not going to be as many podcasts there if i'm if I'm reading this correctly
2: there, there there's gonna be podcasts like some of them are even taking up like the big stages, and they gave us no respect. We are the oldest and longest running podcast of any of you, sons of bitches and <laughs> Yeah, we don't get, but bo- I'm just kidding. Uh,
1: <laughs> I don't want to pay for it. That's why.
2: <laughs> Ooh, I'm not making that speculation, but <laughs> yeah, there there are some podcasts like, shoot, you know, there's going to be an Art of Wrestling episode. Sure. Who knows how many more of those we're getting.
1: Right. I mean, there's a couple that are not just panels that are going to be up on the main stage and I don't know who else is going to be there. But I mean, when you look at the schedule, like what they're doing is. You know, Thursday night, you know, Cody is sitting down with Tony Schiavone. Friday, sure. Dean Malenko is doing a panel. MJF is doing one. Uh Boxley, Joey Ryan. Uh, Saturday, it's Mick Foley and CM Punk. So, I mean, it's, we're talking about big name talent from wrestling are going to be doing these panels. I, I call them panels, but they're basically doing sit downs where they're getting interviewed and they're taking questions.
2: Yeah, and I... The punk panel is the headliner one. This is going to be where the most questions are asked. They haven't announced who is interviewing him. And Conrad did not give a straight answer on that in the conference call. If it's Colt Cabana, I'm going to lose my mind. And it, I will call it the biggest surprise of the weekend, no matter what else happens.
1: That would be but shocking. I didn't even think about that.
2: There, there's no way you can kayfabe the justice system. So I don't, I don't see that one happening.
1: Yeah, I just don't because um, we're talking about a lot of money at stake between those two guys and a lot of uh, hurt feelings. So that, yeah. w- what, let me ask you this. What would be the bigger reconciliation? CM Punk and Colt Cabana or CM Punk and WWE?
2: See, Punk is already saying in interviews he doesn't hate the WWE like he would have a couple years ago. He said as much in that ESPN interview. And I don't know if you saw that story that broke last week, but reportedly his agent reached out to Fox Sports 1 about working on WWE's studio show.
1: Which is very interesting.
2: Super industry. It it wouldn't have made WWE his employee. He would have been working for Fox. But that puts you right back in the thick of things.
1: Because, I mean, you are right there in WWE again, basically. I mean, you're not in... Uh, an active performer you're not a wrestler but you are involved and maybe that's something where I she could still be involved in wrestling but just in a role that's out of the ring and he doesn't want to take the bumps anymore or whatever it's not gonna pay as much money but that that was an interesting story and I I'm curious what WWE's reaction was to all of that because we really don't know yet if they would be open to that or what their thinking is
2: They immediately shot down the report saying there's no truth to it. And heck, for all we know, the agent just reached out thinking, hey, maybe this is something Punk might be interested in without actually asking, hey, Punk, do you want to do this?
1: Right. I mean, it's one of those things. That's what an agent does. An agent's going to reach out and, you know, make some contacts and get some viewers on various things. And who knows what's actually going to happen. But I mean, that's part of an agent's job is to see what opportunities are out there.
2: For sure. Uh, Other panels I'm looking forward to. I really want to see what the Moxley one looks like now. Yeah. Just because they haven't canceled it, but they haven't said if it's still going. It's just, it's kind of in limbo right now.
1: I would think it's still going because, you know, I joked about this at the beginning, but StarCast is always going out of their way to say we are not affiliated with AEW Where AEW is going out of their way to say we're not affiliated. There is a loose affiliation. I mean, one's being run by Conrad, all the, we know who's running that, but there obviously yeah. is an affiliation between the two. They are, they are working together in some form of fashion. Uh, so just because Moxley can't wrestle it all out, doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be off this because I'm, this is a different payday and this is a different appearance.
2: We don't even know if he's going to be in Chicago.
1: Right. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. I, I would think that he's still going to be there. I would think he does this. And quite honestly, I still think that there's at least a decent chance that he appears on all out. It's just, he can't take any bumps. No,
2: he can't.
1: And that's the thing. I mean, I don't know. Can he get physical if he like really wraps up his arm and he just attacks say a Kenny Omega. I I don't know what the situation is.
2: I'm not familiar enough with MRSA to say. But then then if he does do the panel, that becomes the big story of the panel is, hey, you're the hottest thing rolling, and we just lost out on a match that they had been building for months. And we'll talk about how that all went down and how they recover later. But as for that panel, I'm fascinated about that, and if he has anything more to say about his decision to leave the other company.
1: Yeah, I mean... I'm sure that he will be asked about WWE a lot. I don't know. He he obviously will talk about it. If he agreed to do this, he will talk about it, even though it's something he said. I don't want to talk about the past too much, you know, um, and he wants to get past WWE, but at the same time, this is kind of like a performance when you're up there. Yeah. That's what people want to hear is they want to hear stories, and he's going to get asked about that, and maybe he'll get asked about a lot more specific things that went down um, that he hasn't addressed yet or has barely talked about. So Moxley, he's all over the place. So, I mean, I expect it to be pretty entertaining when it comes to what he's going to do. You know, MJF is going to be out there and, you know, he's just going to kill everybody.
2: Yeah, just maybe literally. Um, <laughs> I, I, there's a there's a panel that uh, you're actually um, somewhat tangentially related to. Uh, Sporting News is helping produce that uh, that Wrestling with Stereotypes panel. Yeah. Um, Apparently I got rave reviews last time.
1: I didn't even get to see it the last time. That's my editor, Andreas, who is uh, putting that on. So basically it's himself and a panel of, I believe it's a all African-American panel and they're just talking about African
2: American. Yeah. It's I'm, I'm fascinated to hear what they got to say. I really am.
1: Yeah. I know he did the last time and it came off really good or good enough that they were bringing it back for this one. So I just I knew he was doing it. I mean, I'm I'm not involved in it quite honestly. And um mm-hmm. uh, and I shouldn't be because I'm a white male. Um and it doesn't I don't exactly fit in there, but I mean, I'm curious to check it out and see exactly what they're uh what they're doing with the panel and what they're talking about and and everything and and, and I'm I'm just as interested in seeing the the response that they get from the audience because that's something that you kind of wonder like where's this going to go? like how is it going to be taken by everybody and people are going to be sticking around because it's not a huge name in wrestling right? mm. but it is an important topic.
2: And the other thing that I am very focused on during Starcast is the all wrestling media basketball game better known as Ballout. And you can credit the fine folks over at Voices of Wrestling and Sean Ross Sapp over at Fightful for getting this whole thing organized. I'm very excited to show just how little I know actually how to do on a basketball court.
1: I'm going to have to talk to you about that again because I, I keep forgetting that's going on. And let's just say that I am uh, in less than peak shape. And uh, I should probably, if I'm going to do that, I actually have to pack for it as well. So I keep forgetting about that damn thing.
2: Well, maybe I can get you on the list. Maybe I can't. Who knows?
1: You we'll got see. pull. I know.
2: Maybe. Maybe. But let's get to the main event. Royal quest in new Japan
1: <laughs> from the copper box. We're talking I'm copper just,
2: box. I'm just kidding. Let's go to Cardiff, Wales. Oh, and was, talk about NXT.
1: I was going to ask you. So when it comes to uh, us in particular, because we're going to be in Chicago yes. and those shows are taking place earlier in the day, um, that afternoon, I, I believe the new Japan show is going to air on fight TV and the NXT UK show is obviously going to be on the WWE network. Are you going to try to watch any of those shows?
2: It all depends on the fallout of the Foley and Punk panels. If both of if I walk out of both of them and I've got 10 stories worth of stuff I need to hack out, then uh that's going to be my priority and maybe one of them's in the background. Yeah. That's that's the best I can hope for.
1: Yeah, I don't know how much I'm going to watch. Maybe if there's like a group of people or something, or if I don't have anything uh, planned at that moment, then maybe I'll try to catch a little bit of it, but I don't expect to be watching as much as even half of one of those shows. That's, that's something I just have to catch up on later.
2: I'll probably, I'll go out of my way afterwards to probably watch the, uh, the Tyler Bate versus Walter match. And the, the speculation is since Cesaro is going to be there, that it's going to be him and Pete Dunne. And if it is that, I'm all for that. If it's him and Ono, because Ono's over there right now, I'm all for that. But the rest of that card, heck, I don't even know what else is happening on that card except for Tony Storm's booked.
1: Right. So, and that's the thing is like, I mean NXT UK is a good product, but there's just so much stuff that's going on right now that it, it's tough to keep up with everything. Some things get you know fall through the cracks a little bit, and NXT UK is kind of one of those things. Doesn't mean it's not going to be a really good show. I expect it to be a fantastic show, but it's just like uh, I'm doing all these other things.
2: It it also hurts when based on people I I listen to over there, like the guys at Cultaholic, they'll be like, "Yeah." NXT UK exists. I'd much rather go see a progress show or something that's local or, you know, go over to Germany for dub X dub. I know Matthew's big into him, but, uh, how much
1: is that though, that they are more interested in supporting the local indies than supporting what WWE is doing? Because, Hey, I can't blame WWE from a business standpoint of going over there. This is what they do. They're running a business. They're running a promotion over there and they want to make, you know, a hit uh, and an imprint, you know, in Europe, but at the same time there's going to be other people that say, "Hey, you know, talent can do whatever they want, but you know, I want to support all the other groups that have been here, you know, for a long period of time and they're the more quote-unquote local guys that uh, you know, uh are not WWE."
2: And British independent shows have a different vibe to them than American ones do. And, you know, WWE doesn't always translate, even if it's on the subtle stuff. So who knows? I'm just curious about
1: that split when it comes to people that are there, because obviously they're going to have a packed house for the NXT UK show in Wales. But I just want to know, like, what the thought is, is it how many people are sitting there going, we're not going to support w- you know, NXT UK because of the WWE thing, or there's some people that say, um, no, we're cool with both. And then how they pick and choose when there's multiple events going on at the same time.
2: Or we can just wait a couple of weeks till all of these same guys are with a different promotion being used better.
1: Yeah, that will happen as well.
2: Cause they're, they're exclusive only to some promotions. Other ones it's like, yeah, they'll still show up.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a weird situation that's going on there, and it's only probably going to get weirder as we go on, or it's going to get more restrictive for some of these guys on, on different places they can go. With the Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
0: A whoohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. BGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But enough about enough about restrictive things, Brian. Let's go all out now on all apps.
1: On all out, so we've got ten matches announced for All Out. They actually announced another match this week, and that we got the six man tag between uh, SoCal and Censored taking on Luchasaurus, uh, Marco Stunt, and uh, Jungle Boy. So now we've two, got ten matches: two
2: very small men and one giant dinosaur.
1: Yes, so a dinosaur and and a boy,
2: and Marco Stunt and his and his even smaller boy.
1: Yes. <laughs> so so they got the 10 matches on here what's
2: what do we do we want to address the elephant in the room first regarding moxley
1: yeah let's talk about that one first and we can get to the main event so moxley's out and uh he's got staff infection and he announced it late last week and you can tell he was really disappointed by it that he can't be on the show but he cannot get cleared he says he's going to have surgery to take the bursa sack out of his elbow so this will not happen again but you can tell he was really pissed off you know eight days before the show they have to announce a replacement and apparently aew made the quick call and booked Pac. and Pac may not have even been on the show beforehand and then now he's on it and he's in the co-main event
2: bravo to aew this this was a crappy situation. It's not really anybody's fault that it happened. And all they could do was respond to it and roll with the punches. And they delivered. Because here's the thing. It it absolutely sucks. Not Not only because Moxley is arguably the hottest thing in wrestling right now. His just nonstop full speed ahead tour throughout the independent scene since April. It's it's an incredible thing to see. On top of losing that, you lose the match that you had been booking since the end of Double or Nothing. This was the match that people were talking about after that show that they needed to see. Not the title match, not whatever the Bucks were doing. This was the match because it brought some of the biggest fan demographics. Now I'm not talking age, I'm talking types of fandom. The hardcore fans, the guys that love Japanese wrestling kenny's their guy the people that are kind of disenfranchised with wwe but still know the product that's moxley's territory suddenly you're bringing that together and it was the promise of just an all-out brawl was right there for all to see and then suddenly it's pulled so then you have the question of okay we have basically no time to build this now what do we put him with what do we do with kenny we put him in the title match? And they, they even addressed this on being the elite. It, it kind of doesn't make sense.
1: That was the only other option I thought that they had if they weren't going to do, if Kenny wasn't going to have a singles match, I thought maybe they were going to put him in that main event, but it, it would have felt weird if they had done that. Kind of like, hey, we're scrambling here. We want to get Kenny on the show, so we're just going to throw him in that match.
2: Right. And the other two arguments I had heard were Dustin Rhodes, because he's not booked, in kind of a in, in in somewhat play back to the feud between the Bucks and the Rhodes brothers at Fight for the Fallen. Or you do MJF and you just have him cut one promo where he's his usual cocky self and that's all the bill that they feel they would need. And I don't think either of those matches work. Because this was an instant match of the night contender, and you had to replace that with something else. If you replace Moxley with MJF, suddenly this match's whole dynamic changes. It's not two unstoppable forces clashing into each other. It's one prick trying to run away from a guy that'll knee him in the face ten times if he lets him. It's It's a different kind of match suddenly. And it's not the match people were hoping to see. You put him with Pac. Now suddenly he's with somebody that can match his speed and explosiveness. That for 20 minutes, we're going to see some crazy stuff out of these two now. That you couldn't, you couldn't have gotten that with an MJF match.
1: And if you go back to Double or Nothing, they originally were supposed to face each other on that show. And then, but Pac could, was it, was it double or nothing? They're supposed no, to be No,
2: it, it, it was Pac and Hangman. And then the That's story right. got out with the whole creative differences that Pac and Omega was eventually supposed to happen at some point.
1: That's exactly what it was. So yeah, th- this is a match that they were already thinking of building up to. And, you know, they got into, you know, Pac was holding the, uh, the championship for Dragon Gate and it was like hey, I'm not going to do business with you guys until I'm finished doing business with them so I can do right with the championship. And then he dropped the title. Or, and
2: Or maybe it was visa issues. We still don't have a definitive answer on what was going on.
1: Right. right, that was part of the explanation for it that was kind of out there. So, you know, either way, he wasn't with the company yet. And we kept wondering, like, it's not a matter of if he's coming, it's going to be when he's coming. And this was the option that they liked that he was available, they called him, he said, I am available, I can do it, and rather than building up to this match for whatever date in the future, they said, hey, we've, we're have we in a bind here, we've got to do something, and we want to Ooh. deliver, this, this is our co-main event, and um, now they put Pac against Omega, which is still going to be a fantastic match. I, I think the thing that I'm going to be curious about is, it seems like it's an obvious choice who's going to win this match in Kenny Omega. However does that make it like maybe Pac does need to win this match just because we don't want everything to be too obvious or do we not want to book like that and just think we don't want to swerve just to swerve.
2: Part of the reason I like this pairing is that I have no idea. I don't know if you have Omega lose his second pay-per-view match in a row. I don't know if you give Pac the loss in his debut. I don't have an answer because it could easily just easily play in the main event. If Jericho wins, Omega could step up as his first opponent. If page wins pocket, step up as his
1: exactly. And that, that's what I was going to say. Like it, whoever wins this match, you would think is going to be in line to go after the world championship, you know, very quickly. And you know, that what did they do here? If they're like, I don't think that AEW wants the book along the lines of, Well, we need to do some kind of screwy finish to protect somebody. I think one of the ways that AEW can really stand out from WWE is, hey, if two guys go out there and have a really strong match and somebody loses, that doesn't really hurt them because they went out there and they still had a hell of a match and there's no dishonor in losing to somebody if you have a really good match with them it doesn't make you look that bad. It makes you look great. If you go out there and you go toe to toe with somebody for 20 or 30 minutes and you tear it up and you lose, so be it you lose, you know, but it's not the end of the world. So, I mean, I, I thought this is a spot where if they were going to get Moxley on the show. They could, but, even if Moxley is on the show and even if he gets involved here, I don't even think it would be during the match. I think it would be something after the match again, because they don't want to get involved and taint a match by doing something like that.
2: Sure. And they, they've stayed pretty consistent on not having screwy finishes through these first four shows that they've had. And you mentioned Moxley and shoot, even if Omega loses, you could have the first episode of their TNT program be headlined by the match we were supposed to get.
1: Right. I mean, there's, there's two spots right now where I think they can do Kenny Omega and Jon Moxley. That's one of them is the, the TV debut. And the other one is there's already talk that they're going to do another pay-per-view in the fall. And we're looking at November. And I don't know if that's true or not. There's just been some scuttlebutt about that. And if that's going to be the case or whenever the next pay-per-view is going to be, whether it's if it's not in November I would think would be within a couple of months of that, that maybe they hold off on doing that match until pay-per-view because yeah, we could give it away on TV and it's a big deal, but we don't want to give away everything on TV. We got to deliver some big matches on pay-per-view. We're not doing the equivalent of Goldberg and Hulk Hogan and giving it away on free TV, you know, like WCW did back in the day. We're going to hold that off a pay-per-view. Now mind you, Kenny Omega and Jon Moxley, uh, not as big as Goldberg and Hogan was at the time, but that's just kind of the uh, the metaphor that I'm throwing out there. It's a big match
2: for sure, and heck, they could end the first episode of the TNT show the way Nitro ended its first show, where Moxley comes out, they have a stare down, and the match gets booked for the following week. Absolutely, that's when Moxley was scheduled to make his in ring debut in the first place.
1: Yes, so I there's a lot of different options that they have when it comes yeah. to what they're going to go there. So the the main event is hangman page chris jericho winner is the inaugural aew world champion and it's going to be an interesting choice to see where they go here because i think here's the argument you can make i guess for both guys okay jericho is the veteran he is the the guy with name recognition who's been successful in wwe Uh, for many years and has also had some success in new japan prior to even going to wwe he was successful in wcw and in mexico and all around the world and you've got hangman page former member of the bullet club who has been successful in new japan and elsewhere but he is the younger guy he is he is not the veteran he's not the guy that's won world championships he's not the guy that beat the rock and stone cold in the same night
2: he is the he is the promising up and come
1: right and he could be one of the new faces of this new promotion, and you could go with somebody new to be the first ever champion, or do you go with the guy that people know as your first ever champion leading up to your television debut?
2: I have been racking my brain about this one. I really have because either way looks possible. And the issues I have with either pick, I can see how they justify it. I have more hangups with Jericho, honestly. Even though I tend to lean to the side that he's going to win, because if nothing else, the dastardly heel as your world champion is the easiest story to tell in professional wrestling. That being said, I'm not going to mince words. Chris Jericho physically does not look the way he did even two years ago. Age has caught up with him, especially with the hair and the makeup and the crazy getup he's got going on now. The man is looking his age.
1: How much of that, though, is the persona and the character that he wants to portray in that? He's kind of the, the older looking rock star.
2: But he... The figure, like, the front of his chest and torso and stomach. I mean, I heard someone compare it to ground hamburger. Not me, but I've heard the comparison be made. Right. And if you can imagine this, you you know very little about wrestling. And you tune in to the first episode of AEW, and what do you see – A 48-year-old world champion, and boy, does he look 48, if not older, walking around as champion. Does that scream to you, hey, new fans, come check us out? Or is it, hey, this is the biggest guy we could get from the other companies, so we threw the world title on him? Because that's the mistake Impact made over and over and over.
1: But I think the difference when it comes to Jericho is that he does bring so much name value with him. He is very good as a persona, as a character. He's somebody that knows the role. Uh, he's somebody that people know, are comfortable with, and he will stir up enough crap in this because, like you said, the heel champion, and being a heel, and being dastardly, and being evil, being a jack-off, and all of those different things, that's something he can very easily do, and that's a great and easy story to tell, is this butthole is the freaking champion and nobody likes him. And by the way, if Chris Jericho becomes the first ever AEW champion, we are never going to hear the end of this crap flowing from his mouth. Cause he's going to be like, I've done this and I've done this and I've done this. Oh, and now I've done this and we're never going to hear the end of it. Uh, and that's part of it.
2: <laughs> I'm talking about the optics because yeah. the first ep- on October 2nd, when you have the choice between the two shows, and one of your world champions is Adam Cole Adam and Page. the other one's Chris Jericho and the other one's Chris Jericho. I'm talking NXT and AEW.
1: Oh, okay. I'm sorry.
2: If one is Adam Cole and one is Chris Jericho, which one do you think is going to put on a better match that night? Be honest. I think Cole. Exactly. But and AEW, and I, I will trumpet this message. Tonight, I will trumpet it on Twitter. I will trumpet it throughout this weekend. AEW is going into Saturday's show trying to put their absolute best step forward going into October 2nd. This is the last live event. This is their last show. All we get now is maybe YouTube clips. Maybe. They've got to end this on the highest note possible. And if it's just Jericho standing there at the end looking like he did at the end of Double or Nothing... it's not necessarily the best step.
1: Well, here's what I would say to that though. And it's nothing against hangman page who is very good and extremely talented. He just doesn't bring the name recognition of a Chris Jericho right now. And there's nothing wrong with going with the chase, whether it's going to be page doing the chase, whether it's Kenny Omega doing the chase, there's different options there. If you have Chris Jericho as champion, that's, and that's why I think it's the most obvious choice. And, probably the right choice is to have Jericho win it because there is name value. And when you are a new promotion, um, you're going to be on TNT. You want people to check it out going, hey, there's this new wrestling show. Who's on there that I know?
2: Chris Jericho. Oh, God, he looks like crap.
1: But there might be some people that say, hey, you know, oh, it's Chris Jericho. I know that guy. And I like that guy or I like that character or, hey, I've seen him do other stuff. I've seen him in WWE or I've seen him other places. I've seen the band. I've seen I see him on social media. I mean, how many people does he have following him on Twitter and Instagram and things like that? He's a known commodity.
2: But he doesn't lose all of that if he shows up on the first episode. And he will. He's booked for it, even if he doesn't have the championship.
1: Oh, right. I mean, he'll still be there. But I mean, I think there is something in the chase of, you know, when you're talking about like the first month to maybe even three months, the chase of somebody going after the heel champion and trying to shut him up and take the title off of him. And I think that's that's an easy story to tell. It's one that's been done time and time again. It works. And I think it's also something that TNT people would be very comfortable with because we know Chris Jericho. We know that there's a, there's a comfort that comes with that and saying, hey, we know we can tell this story and we can do it.
2: I think there's just as easy an argument for Paige and that he's the young upstart guy with a lot of talent. And here's the thing on the second episode of this sh- I-, I believe the second episode of a of AEW on TNT, it's a title match, correct?
1: I think so. It sounds right.
2: He could drop it then. He he could drop he could be like, I'm the guy that got the big win, but the stage was too big for me. And I lost sight of things, so the first time I actually had to defend this sucker, I lost it. And then he has to build his way back up from there. You could tell the story of Jericho because Jericho keeps talking about it in promos. He's like, "This could be the end for me if I don't win." And if he doesn't win, we go from being dastardly to being—what's the word I'm looking for? Desperate. Here? Desperate. There's, there's a suddenly all, all everything he does is an air of desperation to us. I mean, there's that's a, something that's interesting. I like think it's there,
1: very interesting. There's a, lot of way,
2: of, there. there's a lot of ways you can go with this. And that's why I keep going back and forth because there's arguments on both ends.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I, and I think it's going to be fascinating to see exactly where they go with it and how they come to this decision on what they want to do there, because there are so many different options that, that you can go with. The one thing that would say that I wish they were doing differently right now is Adam Page isn't talking anywhere. Like we really don't see any videos of page cutting promos. Like Jericho was just uh, was on being the elite and it's not the biggest form, but I mean, it's something that's out there. I mean, we, we see Jericho, but we really don't have page cutting a promo. We, we didn't even see that on the last show that AEW did much less on any uh, material leading up to all out. And that's the one thing that I think is missing from this is like, yeah, as hardcore wrestling fans or people that follow this very closely that, has seen Adam Page work at Ring of Honor and in New Japan. We've seen him talk there. We've seen him on Being in the Elite, even going back to earlier in the year. But you know what? Over the last couple of months, we have not heard that much from Adam Page. And now he is in a huge match, you know, that's going to be headlining the second ever AEW pay-per-view. It's going to be to crown the first ever champion for this group. And the person's going to be holding the world championship as they make their debut on TNT when they start their weekly television show and we haven't heard diddly squat from Adam Page.
2: Maybe that's what the press conference is for tomorrow night.
1: It could be, but even then, it's just like how many people are going to be seeing that. Those are people that already have got tickets, or already know they're going to watch it. For for Page, to me, that's something like, hey, what's the reason I want to go out of the way to watch this? That gets me excited about it? Oh, look at Adam Page. Look at what he's saying about Chris Jericho. I got to see that match. I mean, I'm already intrigued, but it's just... It's just like that old mentality of both guys have to be talking to kind of build it up.
2: Let me ask you this. If Jericho closes out the show as champion, do they do what they did a double or nothing and somebody makes a debut? No, no,
1: no. I think whoever wins it, that that's the person that's just, you've got it. And that's a big moment. And the confetti flies and the show ends and we've got a champion. Okay.
0: Chumba. chumba No purchases. Full requested by law. 18
2: plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, I'll, let, let's say this because Lord knows people will ask. CM Punk, if Paige is champion at the end of the night, no chance. Correct. If Jericho is champion of the night, small chance. My well, way of. Because yeah. then he walks out and GTS and holy effing hell. We're going into TNT. We'll see you next time. And Tony Schiavone's yelling, We're out of time! Uh, Well, The other way...
1: (laughs) I don't even think Punk has to get physical. I think Jericho could be holding the title confetti going, I told you! I told you! And he's got the title. And next thing you know, the music hits and Punk just stands, comes out to the stage, sits down, you know, on the stage and Jericho's like, what the what?
2: Yeah, that that could do it. And you can have AJ Lee skipping around him. Oh, there you um, <laughs> uh, here's the way I am approaching this weekend with punk. Sure. I am walking in to all out with zero expectations that he is going to show up because then if I'm wrong, great. I'm really happy about it. But if I'm right, I'm not disappointed.
1: I think that's a very smart and level-headed way to look at it. And that's the way I'm looking at it too.
2: And I will say this. If you are one of these people, who is basing whether or not this show is good off of whether or not a guy who has not wrestled in five years and has made no indication that he was going to show up for the company. If you're basing it off whether or not that guy shows up, I don't know what to tell you, but I question your intelligence.
1: Don't don't expect it because you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Set yourself up for excitement and surprise, rather than "oh, Punk wasn't there. Punk's not on the show. Punk's not part of AEW." Don't do that because
2: it's like like watching the next WWE pay per view and going, "Man, John Jones didn't show up. This show sucks."
1: (laughs) There, There could be a lot of hurt that's evolved if you do that. And then you know, hey, if he's there, great. I'm, I'm of the belief of I'll believe it when I see it. But this is the wrestling business. Never say never. It it's funny that we, we talk about this when it comes to punk. And you know, you mentioned about, you know, his agent talking with FS1 about that uh the WWE recap show or whatever news show they're gonna be doing over there. Uh because some people have thought like, well, if Punk was ever gonna get back into wrestling, like actually in the ring, maybe it would actually be with WWE than it would be with AEW. And I don't know if that's a money thing or just the notoriety of it. And can you mend those fences or whatever the case is going to be? Because, I mean, Punk decided he wanted to get back in the ring. And if he could get over those issues that he has with WWE, I mean, the amount of money he could make, you would have to think would be uh, incredible.
2: True. But Tony Khan has quite a bit of money in his coffers as well. He does. And he has made it clear that when he first wanted to launch this company, he had one name in mind and it wasn't anyone on the elites.
1: But we'll see what happens.
2: It's all speculation, but do not go in expecting it.
1: No, I would not. I mean, well, here's the thing too. Cody, several weeks ago, said, I think on social media, like, hey, we've only announced like 40% of our roster. Okay, so who, yeah. who else is on the roster? I mean, I mean, and that's the thing. We can all sit here and wonder, and I think a lot of it's going to be international talent and people that we really don't know too much about, but I don't know how many big names are going to be out there that are surprises because I don't even know who's available and who they're looking at. I mean, there's there's one thing to getting some name recognition and people that have been in other places, but at the same time, you want things to be cost-effective and you also want to have some names of people that are talented that you can build up and then when people think of them like oh that's an AEW guy it's not like oh that's a former this guy or a former that guy no that's an AEW guy so i honestly i have i have no idea who else they're really looking at when it comes to who's going to be part of this promotion they're talking about filling out the rest of that roster who knows
2: i will say that there a particular couple showed up on this week's being the elite and i think at least one of those People is going to show up in AEW, possibly this weekend, and it's Johnny, I guess we're calling him Elite now. Yes. Mr. Mr. Johnny Impact, Johnny Blackcraft, Johnny, wherever the hell he's working this week.
1: Right. I think him and his better half could uh, be on the show. She,
2: She claims she's still under contract with Impact. Okay. So maybe... He's waiting for her to get done. Who, who the heck knows?
1: Right. So, I mean, there's that. I mean, I think we all expect LAX to join AEW, but that's not going to be until the TV show starts.
2: I, I have mean, a very, I have a very interesting story regarding LAX that's going to come out probably tomorrow. Really? A bit of a tease for comicbook.com. Oh, give, me, give
1: me a little bit more of a tease. Come on, get 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 the get the beak wet here a little bit.
2: Did Did you see a particular clip during WrestleMania week? this week this past April that involved LAx and maybe a, a Hall of Fame tag team
1: hmm remind me
2: possibly at a at a show run by a guy who also goes by the bad boy
1: hmm okay
2: because uh that Hall of Fame tag team just happened to be in Nashville this past weekend and I may or may not have talked to them and really? asked them certain Questions about a recent opponent that they had. Okay. So, and I may or may not. I cannot confirm. I've asked Ricky Morton how he felt about doing his first Canadian destroyer because, yes, it was his first Canadian destroyer in his entire career.
1: I saw the Rock and Roll Express do that NWA show in North Carolina a couple of months ago against the Briscoes. People were going crazy for them. I Uh, mean,
2: oh my god! So. <laughs> so I did so I I went to the Ring of So I went to the Ring of Honor show just the intention of interviewing people, but they did comp me a seat. Yeah. And I was like, maybe I'll stay for an hour and then a couple good matches. I'm like, okay, Rush is coming up. I really want to see him. And oh, this six-man tag match with Villain Enterprises. I haven't actually seen them in person yet. That's gonna be awesome. And then we get to the tag match. And it's the Briscoes versus the Rock and Roll Express with the tag titles. Rock and Roll Express can still to this day get an entire crowd on its feet.
1: Well, people just are excited to see them, and they're over like Rover, man.
2: Oh, but all Ricky Morton had to do, and he's he's done this for decades, just look out into the crowd when he's getting beat up and go, help me. Yes. Everybody's losing it. Oh, God. And you're God. just like, it's like, I'm watching two old guys go up against two of the best tag team wrestlers in the world. And everyone's losing their minds hoping that these old guys win.
1: Even at the match they did, you know, in North Carolina at that NWA show, like, they did, if, I'm, if I remember right, I think the Briscoes did a couple of kind of hardcore things or something. And you're like, dear God, you're doing this with a rock and roll express. These guys are in their 60s. You know, it's just like, look at these guys go, man.
2: I, I think Gibson took, no, uh Gibson was supposed to take the table spot. And then I think, uh Mark Briscoe wound up going through it instead. Everyone got happy.
1: I mean, Hey, are they a little bit slower than they were? Of course they are. Can they do everything they did before? Uh, Of course not. But you know what? They can get heat. They get people, uh, in the, I mean, they, they built up so much goodwill that people are automatically going to be rooting for them. And, like, they still come out to the music and everything, and they're still, you know, getting the crowd into it early on. They, they know how to work a match, and they get people excited about it. I mean, so you were there yeah. to see PCO so, get his face split open in half.
2: No, no, no. That was in Atlanta the night before.
1: Oh, was it? Oh, okay. So you got to see he, the aftermath. He,
2: he still came out, and I was talking to people about it, and I actually got to talk to Mark Haskins, one of, and I kid you not, Brian, nine interviews I have done in the past week.
1: Good God.
2: Busy week. Love it. Would
1: Love you like to run definitely. down uh, who uh, all you spoke with? Oh, can you geez. remember Did off the top of your head?
2: Well, I can tell you the most famous one I talked to. You probably heard of him. Guy by the name of Steve Austin.
1: The Million Dollar Man?
2: Wow. Uh, the, the Ringmaster.
1: I thought it was a $6 million man, Steve Austin.
2: That's I Steve, like his that's, TV show. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Dalton Castle, Chad Gable. Conrad Thompson, Mark Haskins, Matt Taven, Rock and Roll Express, Britt Baker, first story I wrote about her just went up, Steve Austin and Adam Cole, baby. Bay. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, because I got more this weekend.
1: I wonder if I should do some work then. Hmm. hmm. I did not interview nine people this past week. I am going to, on Thursday morning, I am scheduled to interview Baron Corbin while I'm uh, at the airport, uh, just about to board my plane.
2: I just imagine a little kid walking up to you and asking, hey, mister, who are you interviewing? And you're like, oh, I'm interviewing a WWE wrestler. And they go, oh, cool. Who is it? Baron Corbin. And they go, you suck. <laughs>
1: I can't wait to be like sitting in a corner somewhere and I've got a microphone out and head, you know, uh, headphones and somebody's going to be like, what the hell is going on it, over
2: there? T- t- you may get approached by TSA. Really? If you pull you're whipping out a microphone, my dude. You'll yeah, be what, like, wh- What are you doing?
1: Oh, I don't think it'll be that big of a deal. I mean, there's been plenty of people that have, you know, done shows or whatever from an airport. I don't think it'll be that big of a deal. I I, don't know. I, I do have TSA pre check, so I'm not worried about getting everything through, even though uh several years ago I went to a WrestleMania and they um they had lanterns for the media. Uh, for Bray Wyatt.
2: Oh, right, right. It was
1: like sitting on your table and they said, you can take it if you want. I mean, it wasn't like the, the, the greatest made thing ever, but it was just like this little lantern I put in my bag. Well, TSA decided to uh, go through my bag and they, uh, they destroyed the lantern, but they left it in the bag, even though it was destroyed. I mean, they just left this smashed up lantern in my bag. And now I'm bad mouthing TSA and I'm getting ready to go on a flight. Uh,
2: Let's talk about the rest of the show, because I feel like we've gotten way off topic.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to do. So, what-
2: en- Enough of my career successes. Let's talk. Oh,
1: wow. Listen to this guy. <laughs> Listen to this guy.
2: So, oh, Okay, let me ask you this. Of these two matches, which one excites you more? The Escalera de la Muerte mm-hmm. match, you can tell I, I'm very fluent in Spanish, and the Cody Rhodes-Sean Spears match.
1: I guess Bucks and Luchas, just because while we've seen them plenty of times before it's a ladder match. It's a big show. It's a big stage. We know they're going to raise the bar. How far are they going to raise the bar? What all are they going to do in this insanity, in this craziness that we expect on the show?
2: I think the bucks have more of the spectacle, but I think the storytelling comes from the Cody and Sean match. I think based on how Cody's forehead has looked at the end of the past couple of shows. I think this one's going to have a lot of color.
1: Could who? So the part of the story of this is each guy can have one person in their corner, and we already know that Sean Spears is going to have Tully Blanchard in his corner. Who will be in Cody's corner?
2: You keep saying it's Arn. They really haven't teased this much.
1: That's why but I think it could be Arn.
2: Like I think it is just going to be Brandy. Or maybe it's du- maybe it's Dustin, and that's why he hasn't been booked for anything.
1: It could be, but I think even if it's not Arn, I think Arn could get involved in this match from a standpoint. Maybe he's actually going to help Tully and and Sean. So, like somewhere in this match, Arn Anderson appears, and there's a spine buster, and then he throws his fist up in the air, you know, and like, woohoo, I just did that. And then he quickly slides out of the ring into disappears, you know? So, I mean, I keep going back to that. I don't know why I, I don't know anything, but it just feels like for part of that story, I think Arne Anderson is going to be involved. I just, I don't know what side he's going to be in. I mean, he could even be in Cody's corner and turn on him during the match. If he's out there, I, I don't know, but it, it just feels like Arne Anderson is now available. He's getting ready to start a podcast with Conrad. It just makes a lot of sense that I think Arn's going to end up with this company. I think behind the scenes, whatever he's going to end up with that company. All signs point to that, but could he actually have another role besides just being a producer behind the scenes where he's actually on camera some as well?
2: I, I, I just don't, I don't know how that, that plays. I'm just not sure. I, We'll say, I think, regardless of who comes out in Cody's corner, I think Sean needs the win here. Because yes. Cody's about as bulletproof as you can get right now. And you need the win for Sean to help establish him as more than a hand. Because for all the chair shots to the head and the promos and the suits, there's still going to be those WWE fans that look at him and go, you could barely get on television on SmackDown.
1: Yeah, there's going to be a lot of perfect tens and all those kind of things. So, I mean, this, this is a new character and a new side of Sean Spears. And yeah, he does need the win here. I I think it makes a lot of sense for him to get the win. I don't expect it to be a clean win, but I think he's going to get the win.
2: Who do you think is, is this winning? The, is, this, is this the show where the elite go winless? Because it could be.
1: It could be, but I, I still think Omega is going to win against Pac, but I mean, you can make an argument, you know, that, that he loses because, Hey, Pac's going to be a part of the company now. And or we expect him to be, and Hey, that guy could use a win as well. I mean, a big win against Kenny Omega, that's going to set you up for some stuff too. That's something that maybe people didn't see. And is it really going to hurt Kenny Omega that much? If he loses the Pac? No, it wouldn't. But I, I, I still think Omega is going to win that match. I mean, when it comes to the Bucks and the Lucha's, I think that one's, you know, that one's a little bit up in the air as well, but I I, 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 think it, I I think it has to be the Lucha Brothers simply because this is for the AAA titles and there's an affiliation and a relationship between those two companies, but it still feels like the Lucha Brothers should remain AAA champs.
2: Yeah, I the Lucha's haven't actually gotten a win over the Bucks under the WWE banner yet. And if you have them, I don't think they're ever going to get
1: one under the WWE banner, but the AEW uh, banner.
2: (laughs) AEW banner. Yes.
1: If they got a win under the WWE banner, that'd be huge news.
2: Vince Russo conspiracy theory confirmed. Anyway. (laughs) Oh God. um, Oh, please. I know. I hate that. I just said his name. You go wash
1: your mouth out 10 times. I'm going to wash my ears out. Okay.
2: (laughs) I think Luchas take this one. I think, I think they do need a win. Yeah. And I think this match also gets the AAA tag titles away from the program. I'm all for you having guys hold titles from other shows when you're on a particular show. I like that idea. I I like that visual. That being said, you're about to introduce your own tag titles. Kind of need to establish those being the more important of whatever else is going on.
1: I totally agree, and I mean, and this allows the Bucks to go unencumbered into the AEW Tag Team Tournament that they're going to begin once they're on TNT. Bingo. So it makes a lot of Now, without going through every match, the other one I wanted to bring up is, well, two of them. What did you think about the name, the Cracker Barrel Brawl? Because that what? is now the <laughs> name for the it's triple not- threat.
2: It's not that, it's the Cracker Barrel Clash. Oh, that's right. The Cracker Barrel Clash, the, which... The the Clash of Cracker Barrels, if you will.
1: So they sent out this press release talking about, you know, <laughs> yes, hey, they, uh, they sent out a press release saying we have the Cracker Barrel Clash and with part of a sponsorship with Cracker Barrel. So I, I copy and pasted that part of it and I sent it out there and on Twitter. And the reaction I got from people was quite interesting. There were some people that said, yeah, that's funny, or yeah, I'm all for it. And hey, they got a sponsor, and there was other people they were like, if WWE did this, people would crap all over it. You know, so there was there was a mix of reaction from people, some some people were just flat out laughing about it. Some people thought it was goofy.
2: Well, okay, first of all, at least one match on Raw a week is sponsored by Snickers. So I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Is it Snickers or Skittles now?
2: No, it's it's Snickers. Although Someone did make a compilation of Jim Ross shouting, Fruity! Fruity! Delicious! Fruity! Skittles! That's been to out the, there. I've seen that before. To the, to the point where I need AEW and Skittles to make a deal. I need this in my life.
1: But that New Day commercial for Skittles is so beautiful. It's, it's so weird.
2: <laughs> oh, I love it. But Skittles can work with more than one company.
1: Yes, they can. <laughs>
2: I, I need old man Jim Ross yelling delicious and fruity every week.
1: I just thought it was weird the reaction that people got. Like, there's some people that are like, this is dumb. This is stupid. There's some people that said, hey, you know, fine. They're doing a, you know, a sponsored thing, you know.
2: It's- people are looking for a reason to crap on this company, no matter what.
1: Even if... some, and then there, there are some that are like that. And I think there's also some people that will go out of their way to defend... Yeah, everything. I mean, and that, you know what? That's a typical wrestling fan. We could say that about any promotion. We could say that about WWE. I could say that about Impact because guess what? Impact's putting on better shows now, but there's been a long period where they weren't and there are people that will defend that to the hills when it's just like that is indefensible and there's just this clique of people that just say oh my god, how how dare you not recognize Impact for being the greatest wrestling on the planet and there are, there are people that are like that. You know, and hey, people are going to like what they like. People dig in their foxholes sometimes, and that's the way it goes.
2: And they can worship the altar of Jeremy Borash all they like. I'm just not going to (laughs) join
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW group Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tax
2: day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution
0: match on the market. Subscription fees apply.
1: Investing involves risk. A 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. The, the other match I'm, I'm curious about is the Casino Battle Royal, because we don't even have all the people named in that.
2: We don't, and it hasn't been confirmed. But the going theory is that whoever wins this one faces the winner of Reho versus Sakaru
1: Yes, for the, the women's championship. And that'll be, would that be the first, the debut show in TNT?
2: That that one is confirmed to the debut show. And I actually dig that idea because there's been a little bit of integration between the women's division and the Joshi's. Yes. But if you had your top Joshi and your top American women's wrestler, my guess is Britt Baker. I, I don't. Barring a sudden debut from Tessa Blanchard, I think it's got to be Britt.
1: I think so and too. It,
2: and Britt versus either Riho or an unbeaten Sheeta at the debut show. Perfect. No problem.
1: Exactly. I mean, Britt Baker has got star written all over her. She's, she's fantastic talent. I mean, even when they did the, uh, when AEW staff did the upfronts for TNT, the Bucks are there. Cody was there. Kenny was there. Britt Baker was there. and Some people are like, wow, how about that? I'm like, and to me, that, that just tells you like, hey, not only do we want to have a female there, but you know, Brandy was there too, but they want to have somebody else there and they just, Britt Baker was the choice and it makes a lot of sense because I think they look at her going, she's a star. She's going to be a star with us. We want her there and I think it makes all the sense in the world for her to win this and be in that championship match.
2: An interesting thing. So when I talked to Britt this week, Let me pick up that name I just dropped. Um, She mentioned part of the reason that she picked AEW over any other company was that A, Kenny Omega was going to be a big part of helping with the women's division, and B, the involvement of the Joshis. She was over the moon about the idea of working with a bunch of Japanese wrestlers just because of how... How polished all of their work is and how it's an entirely different world over there. And this is kind of, this is the fruit of that. A title match against either two, probably the best two Joshis you've got. Unless you love the spectacle of Aja Khan, which who doesn't, but...
1: I thought it was kind of interesting that they haven't announced all the people that are in that match yet. I mean, they've announced some, I think there's other ones that you can make a pretty good guess about. I'm just going to be curious to see how they feel the rest of it. And I don't know if there's going to be more Joshi's that are a part of that or yeah. just probably just going to be some other female talent that we're probably, uh, we don't know that well, but they're going to get an opportunity for, to be in this match and be with AEW. I mean, if I had to sit here, I mean, we know some of the people I could probably cobble together, like, 15, 16 of the people between, you know, even some of the people that haven't announced, we know some of the other women that are under contract with the company already. So I can sit here and say, Hey, you know, they just announced awesome Kong, but they haven't announced, you know, Asia Kong. So is she going to be, in? I think she's going to be in. It. it makes a lot of sense. There's a couple of other names as well. I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes some sense. And still, then, no Ky- still
2: no, still know Kylie Ray. Right. Who, who has deleted, apparently has deleted her social media accounts. Hmm.
1: Well, that's interesting.
2: Curious to see what that's about.
1: Yeah, I don't know. And she's, you want to talk about somebody else that's that's talented. She's extremely talented.
2: Absolutely. Over like, a over the freaking moon, bag of double or nothing with yeah. just the pose.
1: So, when it comes to what they're going to be doing at All Out, how do you think this sets up storylines going into television and what, we'll probably see on TV for maybe the first few weeks of AEW.
2: I think we have a pretty good idea of the world championship picture, the women's title picture, the, the tag, the tag team tournament. We need, I I want the brackets to be in my hand a week before the premiere show this, this can't be, uh, Oh, this match is happening. And then this match is happening. Draw your own damn bracket. You lazy bastard. It's like, no, show me a bracket. Brackets are easy. Brackets are the easiest thing in the world to share.
1: If they do a bracket though, do you think LAX, I mean, I expect LAX to be with this company and I would think they would have to be a part of that. But at the same time, you know, Chris Jericho's got this six-man tag team match that's coming up on TV with two mystery partners, and we assume they're going to be LAX.
2: It's it's going to be Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder.
1: <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen.
2: Under their new name, The Return. <laughs> or The Resurrection. Take your pick.
1: I just wonder can they put a bracket out and put LAX in there if LAX are also going to be mystery partners for Chris Jericho.
2: Good question. They
1: could. We don't know. But I mean, I would like to see a bracket just because I like having that clear picture of what's going on in a tournament. Yeah, I I think that's exactly where we're going to be, though, because we'll figure out what the world title picture is going to be. I think at that first show, whoever comes off of the pay-per-view as champion, we'll see who's going to challenge that person first or are they going to go against, you know, no matter what with Omega, he could be in the title picture already or they could wait on that. And He's got, you know, some involvement with Moxley in some form or fashion. I think, you know, they'll crown the women's championship and then they'll figure out who's going to be the number one contender for that. The tag team tournament will continue. And then they just got to figure out how they're going to fill the undercard. And I, you know, the thing is too, like when you look at all out, we mentioned MJF. He is not booked to be a part of that show. We expect him to be on the show. Um, I mean, he's a guy too. That if we wanted to, maybe he's going to be the guy that's in Cody's corner, and maybe he turns on Cody during that match. You know, what I mean that—that's another, you know, idea that could be out there. I mean, there's no way MJF is not going to be on that show. I don't think, even if it's just him coming out there and you know riling up the crowd.
2: Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal.
1: Yes. So, um, that this, I want. I just want to see exactly where they're going to be going because right now it's kind of this, you know. It's an empty slate. And let's see how they what, what art they're making. What what picture they're gonna be drawing?
2: For sure. Let me just correct something I said earlier. Her Instagram account is not deleted. Her Twitter account is in regards to Kylie Ray. Hmm. Wanted to be sure I got that because last thing I want is to be bombarded on Twitter.
1: She didn't change her name on Instagram, did she?
2: Uh, no, but the headline is just Kylie Ray's Twitter account has been deleted.
1: Oh, huh, I wonder what that's about. Maybe she just didn't like the interaction there and just wants to focus on Instagram. I mean, if that's the case, she's not the first person to do that.
2: No, she's not. You
1: know, so good for her.
2: No, uh, she's not. But yeah, to to reiterate the point I made earlier, we're going to know a lot. We're not going to know everything. But this there is this this feeling of kind of wishy-washiness that people had after Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen. That's not going to be there. This is going to be the best show that they can possibly put on.
1: I think right. it has to be, and you know when I, when I look at this show too, I wonder about the buildup because they're not on TV yet, obviously. So it's not that traditional build. And when I when I think of it from that standpoint, I'm like, how excited are people really for the show? What's the build been like? Are we really there? Are we at a fever pitch when it comes to this? And I consider and say, it doesn't necessarily feel like it. However, it's different when it comes to AEW, just because the marketing is different. It's done in a different way right now because it's all done virally. It's all done on social media. It's done in these online videos. It's done kind of in this grassroots effort that you can't really put your thumb on all the time. And I think we're really not going to get a sense where AEW is when it comes to their popularity or anything until we get some tangible numbers. And I don't think we're really going to get that until we're a month, six weeks into them being on TNT.
2: Totally fair. People keep talking about how these shows aren't being built up properly. People in our industry are saying they have a problem with how these shows are being built up. And my response is always, they don't have television. They had television with all in. They had months of television to work with. They had pay-per-views to work with to help build up to all in I was at one of them it was here in Nashville it was lovely they don't have this with this it's all been based on YouTube and Twitter and a couple of wrestling shows that were free on Bleacher Report
1: it's just different and and it's hard to quantify and I can sit here and say from my personal standpoint like do I really feel like this overwhelming buzz no but at the same time it's something that's still a little bit different and new it especially for somebody like me that's used to a certain way to build things up from over the years i mean there's just like the certain standard or way to do things and this is different so i can't really judge my feeling on it necessarily based on where everybody else is about it especially from you know an overall you know fan base from audience i mean it's a little bit different for me and and i and i don't want to just say i'm the way that I feel about it is emblematic of so many other people because it is so different and new in the way that they're doing it right now. And it's the way they have to do it because they don't have TV yet and they've been successful in that they're not going to get the numbers of a WWE right now, but They're getting, obviously, a passionate fan base and one that's bigger than I think we expected by doing things the way that they are, and it's by word of mouth, it's grassroots, social media. It's all those different things, and it's built to this crescendo of where we're at right now, and that's them putting on their second-ever pay-per-view under the AEW banner, and they're on the precipice of starting a weekly television show on a prominent cable channel.
2: If you can't get excited by any of that, check your pulse. That's my answer to that, because I know I'm going to be excited on Saturday.
1: Absolutely. And I think it's one thing to sit here now. I think if you were going to get the show, you probably decided by now. I don't think there's a lot of people that are on the fence going, man, I need one more promo to get me over the top if I'm going to get that thing. I I think if you're going to get it, you already know.
2: I need to watch a full 60 minutes of a pre-show, and if anything is wrong with it, then I shall not order it. Although I got to say that private party versus Helico and Evan's match has going to be some good stuff. Yeah, I, I love so. both of those tag teams.
1: One last thing about AEW. So they made the announcement this week that Tony Schiavone has joined the uh, the the group. They, we're out of time. The tape machines are rolling. So the, the I think the thing now is we're going to see what the role is going to be because so AEW put out this press release. Had said the broadcast team for AEW is going to be Excalibur, Jim Ross, and Tony Schiavone.
2: Let me correct you there. They didn't say he's part of the commentary. He
1: said he joins the broadcast team.
2: The broadcast team and Ryan Satin followed up with saying that he's not on the commentary team necessarily.
1: Right. He's not. And that's that's the thing so, AEW hasn't cleared up, but. We believe, so Golden Boy, which his name is Alex Mendez?
2: Mendez, yes. yes.
1: So we believe that he's actually going to be part of the broadcast. And either way, Alex Marvez is still with the company, but he is not going to be on the broadcast, or at least not a regular member. They'll they'll find another role for him, but he is not going to be a part of the three-man booth.
2: That is the impression I'm getting, but we won't know until we see it, honestly.
1: Yeah, because the last show they did, it was Excalibur, Jr. and Golden Boy, and I think that's... Uh,
2: that was that was Fighter, and then Fight for the Fallen. It was back to what we had a double or not.
1: That's right, that's right. You had Marvez there, but I I think the one we have for Fighter Fest, I think that's what we're going to get. And they, I mean, they haven't announced it yet, and we'll see. I think Tony Schiavone will be somebody that pre-show hype videos. Um, some different things they do online. I think that's going to be Tony's role. Maybe he'll be doing some play-by-play every now and then. Um, I'm not exactly sure where Marvez is going to fit in. He's not leaving the company. He will still be involved in some form or fashion, but I think that's the broadcast team that we're going to get. I know yeah, Excalibur and Jim Ross are definitely going to be a part of it. Maybe maybe it. that I- third seat is going to be a kind of a... Maybe it's a, a rotating party. thing. Yeah. Maybe
2: it's Lord Alfred Hayes pops up. I don't think he's alive, but it, it's that kind of role.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'm going to be appearing and I don't think Lord Alfred Hayes is going to be appearing, but um, they've got some other options.
2: They do. It'll be interesting to see. It's cool that Shivani's sticking around the wrestling business.
1: It's weird. It wasn't too long ago where he wasn't involved and he thought, you know, his wrestling career was over. And then now there was... Somewhat of a bidding war, apparently. I mean, there was, there was two different companies that were interested in signing Tony for whatever roles, and he's now a part of AEW.
2: Funny how that works. Yeah. I'm also really curious to see how uh, Chris Bleet is used.
1: Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how that's going to be. I, I think backstage interviews, in, I, I would assume, but I don't. I mean, I think they're going to have two people for backstage interviews.
2: If it's him and Jen Decker, perfect.
1: Yeah, I think that's what it's going to be. So, I mean, they, they've they've got a lot of different people that I think that they can look at and say these are interchangeable parts. So you're not just defined by one particular thing. And I think they want to find some different roles for people, and we'll see exactly how it plays out. Uh, before yeah. we get to questions, I want to bring up one other thing, too. So, like you said before, the WWE stuff that happened this week, eh. We'll push it off the next week. It wasn't...
2: It, it, it's all in right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, are you more excited about WWE television or Bray Wyatt talking about how he's willing to die in the ring when facing Braun Strowman, um, which is something he actually did say on social media this week.
2: Which Just hook it to my veins.
1: <laughs> but there is... So there's all this discussion that's going on right now about NXT to USA Network, which... We're only three weeks away from that. And you know, they're they're beating AEW to the punch by a couple of weeks. But there there is so much discussion. Like the second that got announced, there has been this overwhelming narrative from fans, from some media members, things talking about, well, the NXT that we all know and loved is dead. You know, put them six feet under. It's over. Now that they're gonna be on cable TV, and now they're in a war with AEW and they're going to be going head to head. This is going to be something where Vince McMahon is going to have his fingerprints all over it. It's going to change. It's going to be more sports entertainment. It's not going to be the NXT that we're used to watching on the WWE network. It's it's going to be different. And hey, yeah, they're selling tickets to be in full sale university, which has been their home for years. And while they've already, you know, they've announced when ticket sales are going to go or tickets are going on sale for the upcoming shows at at full sale through December 18th. There are some people that say there's no way they're going to stay there because AEW is going to be in these bigger buildings and look at the aesthetics when you're watching on TV and whatnot. And there's no way they're going to stay in full sale. That literally has a capacity of 400 people. And I'm sitting there going, Hey, you might be right about that, but Let's pump the brakes here a little bit. Let's see what's going on. I mean, when it comes to the product, I mean, yeah, I get where you're coming from if you say, well, Vince is going to be involved. I'm assuming that Vince is probably going to be involved in some form or fashion. I don't know if it's going to be hot and heavy. Is he going to rule with an iron fist or what's going on there? I honestly... Want to see what's going on with that show because I don't know if it's going to be as bad as people make it out to be. And I could be dead wrong, but I just think, hey, maybe there's going to be a little tweak here and there. I don't think it's going to be drastic changes unless the ratings are awful because there's a reason why people like NXT and what they're doing right now. When it comes to full sale, yeah, could they move out of that building? Of course they could. But the second they move out of that building, that show either becomes barely profitable or not profitable at all. The second you leave there, you're paying for bigger buildings. And by the way, you have an agreement with Full sale to where I don't even think they pay for that building. So now you're paying for buildings, you're paying for bigger buildings, you're taking all your stuff on the road, you're taking all your production on the road, you're taking all your talent on the road. There's so many things that go into that. At Full sale. yeah, it's smaller. It looks a little bit different, but it doesn't look bad. And I don't know how much... That goes into, well, I can't watch that show because it looks rinky-dink or it looks smaller. I think NXT has always looked good. I think it's more about what they do storyline-wise, what they do in the ring. I think those things matter a lot more than, hey, we're in a bigger building that holds 6,000, 7,000, 10,000 people.
2: So I spoke with Adam Cole today about this very issue. And I want to read part of a quote that he gave me.
1: The name dropper here.
2: Regarding this whole thing. Of course, there's going to be some exciting new things happening in NXT. But at the same time, we know what brought us to the dance. And we're going to stay true to that. Now, Brian, what about that sentence says, everything you knew about NXT is dead? Nothing? Nothing.
1: Because I don't think they can do that. I mean, obviously, they're going to make... I. You know what? I shouldn't even say obviously because that kind of defeats my argument to some extent. I don't know what they're going to do. They could make tweaks. They could make changes. But I just don't think they're going to make anything drastically different about that product other than now we have to fill up two hours. So guess what? You didn't see all of our talent on every show. You're probably going to see them every show. And to me, that's the one thing you have to look out for is is there going to be oversaturation of sim talent on that show. But other than that, I think everything else that they do, they want to stay true to that when it comes to the way that they book their storylines, the way that they do matches, things like that. I think they want to stay true to that and I don't think that's really going to change. And guess what? Full sale will look fine. It operates fine. I just... If the ratings are not doing that well after a couple of weeks of that show, especially once they're going head-to-head with AEW, I just can't imagine them going, well... How are we not beating AEW or how are we not doing better? Oh, I know why. It's because we're not in a bigger building. What the hell does that have to do with anything? If you make the building you're in look good, you're in a building that, yeah, it's small, but there's excitement in there. I think you can make it look fantastic the way that it is. I don't think you have to worry about... Wow, look at this pan shot. You can see that thousands of fans here. I don't know if that matters as much as long as we're concentrated on what is actually going on with the product.
2: Entire companies built their television product around studio shows, which weren't that big.
1: I mean, if I'm wrong, I will tell you I am wrong and I will apologize that I am wrong. And I'm, hey, we're all wrong at some point, you know, and that's fine. You can be wrong about some stuff, but at the same time, I You're don't, wrong
2: about Chris Jericho right
1: now. Well, I could be, but, and if I am wrong, I'll tell you flat out, I was wrong and you were right. But I don't want to just jump to some conclusion off of this because I haven't seen it yet. And I at least this isn't something else where it's not a situation to me where it's like, Hey, WWE are bringing back cruiserweights. I can't wait to see what they're going to do. Maybe they'll do it right this time. And we're the entire time I'm sitting there going, they'll do it for a few weeks. And then we know they're going to book those guys, you know? And that's what they've done. Now, mind you, I'll give them credit for what they have done lately because we are seeing smaller guys get great opportunities on Raw and SmackDown between Cedric Alexander and Buddy Murphy and Ricochet and Ali. Finally, those guys are getting their due. They're getting more opportunities and maybe one of them is even going to win King of the Ring. But I, I think we knew where they were going with cruiserweights. This is a different thing. This is a whole brand, what we're talking about. And yeah, I, I assume, or I would expect there's going to be some crossover. I think we're going to see some guys from WWE in there. Do I expect Roman Reigns to be on that show the first night they're going head-to-head with AEW? No. I don't think that fits with what they're doing. Maybe Roman will be on that show at some point, but I think it would be better if they give NXT time to prove what they are already, and then down the line, once people look at them more on the level of a Raw and a SmackDown as truly a third brand, that's when you can bring out big hitters. I think from those other brands and, and have them make cameo appearances, but I wouldn't do that right off the bat.
2: Fair enough. Have I ranted also, enough uh, about that? I think you have, but if I can make one amendment to that, don't, uh, don't change up the, uh, commentary team too much. And, uh, don't, uh, don't, don't bring over Michael Cole and Corey Graves.
1: No, th- we, I don't think that we, we don't need happen. that. Yeah. I, I can't see that one happening. I, I think it's going to be Morrow. I mean, Morrow's already said he's going to be doing it. He'll be doing it every week. I think, you know, the person that will be the backup is Vic Joseph for that brand. I, I kind of looked at, you know, when Vic was on raw a couple of weeks ago, filling in for Corey Graves, I almost wondered if that was like, let's get this guy some reps on one of our two bigger shows. And maybe down the line, he's going to take over one of these spots and it's nothing against either people that hold a chair for that. But I mean, I think Vic Joseph is awesome and what he does. I don't think enough people talk about how good that guy
2: is. And you know who doesn't get enough credit? Topay suicida, mamma mia. <laughs> Mauro freaking Ronaldo is still great. I don't care if you don't like his pop culture references. I love it.
1: I, I, I was somebody that used to be a bit critical of Morrow and thought this is a little bit too much. And this was back like in the MMA days and stuff. But, I mean, Marl's such a good dude, number one. But on top of that, it's just like, he's so good at what he does. And it's it's infectious, the way that he does it. And he's very sincere about it. He really does love it. That's that's who he is. I mean, he's passionate about this stuff. He's not faking it. If he was faking it, I think you'd be able to tell it a lot more and it will be a lot more annoying. But, yeah, he is over the top and he is grandiose and all these things. But you know what? That, that's who he is and he's very passionate about it. And it's genuine... So I'm all for it. Uh, to me, the, the three best announced guys in the business right now, I would say are Mauro, Kevin Kelly, and Vic Joseph.
2: Wow. Okay. Interesting pick. I would I would personally take Excalibur, Mask, and all. You can do that. Over, over Vic. That's just me.
1: And it's nothing against Excalibur. That's just the way that I look at it and... I, I think Vic is very uh, underappreciated. I'll tell you somebody else who's underappreciated, and i sure people know that I know him as well because he's been on the podcast before, is Rich Bikini, who's doing an excellent job with MLW, and I hope that uh, he continues to get more opportunities there and uh, elsewhere. Somebody else, sign Rich. Give that man some work. He's available. Well, I don't know if he is or not. I mean, He'll make time for you. If Tony Schiavone can make time with all the other jobs that he's going on, got going on, I'm sure Rich can make some time, so.
2: Fair fair enough.
1: uh, Time for questions? Let's get to some questions here real quick. Uh, Everybody can leave your questions on our Facebook page. Go to facebook.com backslash between the ropes. I put a post up there, and you can leave your questions there. And by the way, I think somebody actually left a question on Twitter this week. You can follow Between the Ropes on Twitter. It's at Between the Ropes. Let me see if I can find that question here really quick which I should have had. Here it is. I should have already had that planned. Um, So uh, Ratnik2 asks, is there a chance that AEW would get a better rating on Monday night instead of going against NXT, which would split its audience base? Obviously, it won't beat Raw, but would it really hurt it?
2: You're not going up against Raw on your first night. Not going to happen
1: that's the thing. And I know that people talk about like WWE and AEW have a different audience, but it still feels like you're playing with fire. If you go up against raw, no matter where raw is at, how good it is or how bad it is, what kind of rating it. It just feels like you're entering danger zone right there. And I know that you're going up against another WWE brand, but it, and Wednesday nights, not the established night for wrestling, but it just feels like, Hey, I'd rather do that and kind of build something up here on a different night than um, go up against Raw. You'd be going up against Monday Night Football in the uh, not-too-distant future as well, so I think Wednesday night is a much safer night. I get where you're coming from, though, because Monday night is an established wrestling night, but thats uh, I think we've learned from past companies trying to do that, and uh, you're playing with fire a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, some of the Facebook questions. Um Jonathan Metalas, I don't know if you've seen, but it looks like Edge is pretty close to an in-ring return. Who would you like to see him face? And also, who would be on your Mount Rushmore for wrestling? That's, that's quite the blank question. And Connor, <laughs> did you enjoy Good Boys?
2: I didn't see Good Boys. I did. Okay.
1: It's childish fun. I liked it.
2: Okay. Haven't had time. Been a bit busy lately.
1: I went and <laughs> saw the um, Where Have You Been Bernadette even.
2: Oh, that's right. My mom saw that.
1: Oh, thank you for pairing it with that. (laughs) Hey, you old fart. My mom also saw that movie. (laughs) 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 Old Man River over there. That's your demo. Uh (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I didn't mean to come
2: off that harsh, but take it how you will. Uh, I didn't see Good Boys. Um, I... I think that's going to be one I catch on a streaming service or a yeah. Netflix at some point. Um,
1: As for Edge, I mean, Edge just said, like, you did that he, spear. In-
2: he says he's good for a match. He says he feels like he's good for a
1: match. I don't think he's doing a match. I don't think WWE don't will clear him.
2: He's, I don't think he's doing a match. I think physically, like, from a muscular standpoint, dude looks jacked right now. Yes. Going on. But at some point he's going to have to train for an in-ring return. And he would have to take bumps in said training. And then his neck would start to remind him, Oh, Hey, this is why I left because they were, they told me one more shot and I'm in serious trouble.
1: Yeah. And, And I just don't think WWE would clear him. It's too risky. I mean, there's, there's no point doing that. He's had a great career and he has nothing left to prove. I'm, I'm sure he misses it. I'm sure he'd like to get out there one more time, but I think he also can recognize the difference between I feel good enough for another match and actually going out there and having another match. Yeah. As for the Mount Rushmore of wrestling, uh, this is a question that's been asked before and we pushed it off before.
2: Mm -hmm. Push it off again.
1: We're going to push it off again because there's a lot of facets uh, to that question because you can talk about eras and are we talking about just entering work or are we putting in promos or there's,
2: I mean, if we're just talking best in the world, I mean, it's Shane McMahon four times.
1: Exactly. I mean, there's no argument to that. I mean, so... come on. Uh, Jamie file asks, When is Ken Shamrock coming back? Only joking. No, you're not. Cause Ken Shamrock is coming back with impact wrestling.
2: Yes, he is.
1: He is. Um, he also says I'm only up to episode five of series two of mindhunter. Is it safe for me to listen? Yes, Jamie, it is safe for you to listen because we're not going to talk about Mindhunter. We gave it all away last week and forgot to put the uh, warning
2: on no, the episode. Put, we put it up just halfway through spoiling stuff. And you put it up in the description. I saw.
1: Yeah, I did. So, uh, yeah, it is safe for you to listen. We're not going to be talking about uh, Mindhunter this week. Um, some Which people you are
2: because spo- you've listened to uh, more than an hour of us jibber-jabber already.
1: Yeah. So. So David Fincher um, directed some of those episodes, and he's also, I believe, he's a producer for that show. It's yeah. his birthday today, as we're recording this on Wednesday.
2: Happy birthday, you weird nihilist!
1: What's your favorite David Fincher movie?
2: Is that a thing that can exist you You don't enjoy, you don't like David Fincher movies. You tolerate them while right. they torture while they torture you emotionally. So uh-huh. the answer is Fight Club. Fight Club. Even though most people that love that movie don't get the point of the movie they just like the superficial hey this is cool
1: so that beats out zodiac seven social network
2: i I, I, shoot actually that's a good point um it's probably i always forget he made social network and then i remember the moral of that movie and i go oh wait of course it's fincher (laughs) it's probably yeah it's probably social network also because of the sorkin involvement there.
1: He loves doing the weird stuff because he obviously just did Mindhunter, but he also has done Fight Club, like you mentioned. He did Seven. He did Zodiac. I love that stuff, man. That's like right in my wheelhouse.
2: Zodiac's good, but it's deliberately long to, again, kind of like these later episodes of Mindhunter, it's deliberately long to make you feel just as punished by the case as the people that tried to solve it.
1: Yeah. Ah, uh, Dan Rhino asks, "Like the Moxley debut at Double or Nothing, do you anticipate any surprise debuts at all out on Saturday?"
2: Johnny Elite and the Invisible Man, followed by the Invisible Stan. Ooh, no, if, you it... know any, if you know anything about GCW, you know what I'm talking about.
1: Uh, I think that's a pretty good prediction. I I don't know if we're going to get any surprises, but if we do, um, when it comes to active wrestlers, that would be that'd be a good choice. Uh,
2: Cross my fingers for Tessa. I don't know how they pull it off. But yeah.
1: That's- uh, Brad will asked, what two singles wrestlers would benefit most from becoming a tag team? And I'm assuming that he came up with that question after the makeshift tag team of Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler came together this week and are now the number one contenders for the Raw tag team titles.
2: If... Minoru Suzuki and Tomohiro Ishii ever joined forces, the world would end.
1: Ooh, good grief.
2: They, they keep each other in eternal balance. through constantly slapping each other on the chest.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to think who else would benefit from becoming a tag team.
2: Okada and Toro Yana. I'm just making up names from Japanese tag teams. Um, would benefit from being a tag team?
1: Would Chad Gable with somebody?
2: No, let Chad be a singles wrestler, you daft bastards.
1: Are they going to go with the gimmick where they call him Shorty?
2: I hope not.
1: Good God, if anybody hasn't heard that rumor yet, and plus Shelton Benjamin keeps calling him Shorty on TV.
2: Yeah, that's...
1: Ridiculous.
2: Please, no. Please. The man wrestled at the Olympics.
1: You spoke with Chad Gable recently. Did you ask him about
2: that? I didn't ask about the Shorty G thing. I did ask him about... His time in the company thus far, he flat out stated he says it's not what he hoped it would be, and he he still wants to prove himself. And I asked him if he'd go back to NXT, and you know what he said? No, because he wants to prove it on SmackDown.
1: Good for him. I like that. Uh let's see. Al asks, do you think anything good will come from the pairing of Rudin Ziggler? Sure, why no. not? Gives him something to do.
2: It's gonna be whatever. It's I, I don't care. Oh. You had that. I'm not. We're not going to talk about WWE television from this week. But yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't care.
1: Uh, he also adds, "Do you agree with me that they should add other members to their team? That being Rude and Ziggler." And he suggests EC3 or Cesaro.
2: That would require EC3 to be on television, which, unless it's 24 seven segment, doesn't happen.
1: Did you? So, so no. So he made an appearance on um, Zack Ryder's podcast where they talk about figures wrestling figures and stuff and in the video he goes hey look there's a microphone i wish wwe would give me one (laughs) uh let's see a couple more francis asks um what programs could you see on the wwe podcast and he's referring to wwe announced recently that they are launching their own podcast network it sounds like what they want to do, though, is they want to do like wider ranging things with some of their talent and tell like these overarching stories.
2: Yeah, I think any of the podcasts that haven't been scooped up by Westwood One yet wind up over there. Um, I think I think we get some sort of New Day podcast, like Up, Up, Down, Down kind of fills that role, but they might just be like, we, we want the three of you in a studio just shooting, shooting the breeze.
1: How about once this a one? Week. Heading down the aisle, Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins.
2: This, no, thank you. (laughs) Um,
1: You don't like their ride along?
2: Paul Heyman is a, as a podcast host, is a million dollar franchise waiting to happen.
1: Whether or
2: not he wants to do it while he's still under the umbrella of the company is entirely up to him.
1: Well, the other thing would be, would they want him to do it considering his role with the company right now as somebody that's an executive director?
2: They're letting the other guy do it. They are. So, they, that, that, but that's the whole thing with this podcast is how much are you actually going to let them do? How much are you going to let them talk about? Are they going to be able to shoot? Is every episode a shoot? Or is every episode in character?
1: I don't think it'll be in character. It's just how much when it comes to somebody that um, is involved in the creative process you know, as a writer, producer, director, whatever role that is, do they want that person talking about the nuts and bolts of that? Or are they, I mean, I'm sure they're cool with the current talent talking about what's going on creatively, what we see on TV. I don't think they want them talking about like, Hey, we pitched this idea that we're working on and we're going to launch here in a few weeks. Obviously they don't want to spoil anything, but I mean, you can't expect them to do something to me. You can't expect them to do anything in character. And that's what you're going to do for an entire podcast. To me, that's a waste.
2: But then if they're shooting, what happens if they start being critical of their daily work routine and the way they're being used on television? Right. And yeah, that'll get views. And then someone with authority will hear it and go never again. And people will stop caring. Like the, 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 Do you want broken tales from Matt
1: universe or from Matt Hardy?
2: (laughs) Not to sound horribly ironic, given that we're on a wrestling podcast right now, but the market is very saturated
1: slightly, but I am looking forward to in the weeds with a Viper, Randy Orton. Oh wait, I just made that. (laughs)
2: Stalking children, stalking children at hotels with Randy Orton.
1: I'm just trying to think of names for podcasts for some of their talent. Uh, Why,
2: Why do you hate me with Baron Corbin?
1: Uh, what programs are you looking forward to seeing on the Disney network? The Mandalorian, that's what.
2: Oh, God, yeah. Mandalorian, all the Marvel stuff has been curious one way or another. Uh, final season of Clone Wars. Um,
1: Have you seen the new trailer for Star Wars?
2: Oh, yeah. Good I belief. think it's a clone or, or a vision. I don't think that's really right. I, I think we're... Uh, I think they're trying really hard to be like, oh look at this. And we're gonna be like, that's not gonna live up to what people are hoping it it'll be. Yeah. They're Maybe pulling them wrong, but
1: they're yeah. pulling them on my emotional strings with Star Wars, the last movie with a Skywalker in it. That's the way they're talking about this. So you got that. The Joker trailer came out today. The oh, official God, the Joker
2: cool. trailer looks it looks amazing. Here's the problem with the trailer. Uh oh. The least believable thing about this entire movie is that 44-year-old Joaquin Phoenix can get with 28-year-old Zazie Beats. (laughs) Give me a break.
1: Come on, man.
2: Gladiator Joaquin Phoenix? Okay. I'll see you. But 44-year-old creepy ass with the long hair Joaquin Phoenix? Nah. Nah.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Let's wrap up with this question. Bill Dixon asks, NXT UK... New Japan, Royal Quest, AEW All Out. If you had a Star Trek transporter and could only attend one of these shows, which one would you go to and which match would you want to see the
2: most? I don't need a transporter because I'm going.
1: Ah, there you go. Um, I agree. I mean, the show I would want to go to is All Out and I'm going. Uh, as for match, hmm, that could be a different story.
2: It's I have to pick one match from all three cards. Yes. Oh, it's Kenny Pac.
1: Okay. Hmm. I'm trying to remember what exactly is on that new Japan card. I'm trying to remember everything that's on there.
2: Suzuki versus Okada, yeah. uh Osprey and Eagles versus Phantasmo and Ishimori. Uh Gorillas of Destiny versus Phil in the Blank.
1: Hmm. And then the UK show you got Tyler Bate against Walter.
2: I honestly have not even looked at the entire card. I, I know, like, two matches. Yeah. I, I would love to see Pete Dunne versus um, versus Cesaro, but there's... Okay, let me look at this card. Okay, we've also got uh, a triple threat match for the tag titles with uh, Shoes Off If You Hate Zach Gibson and James Drake versus Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster and Gallus... A Mastiff versus Coffee and a last man who can physically stand up match. And Travis Banks versus Noam. Dar, 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 dar. dar. Uh, which, they, which they don't do a nearly enough of. Yeah. And shame on them for that.
1: Probably not a match on that show. I, I, it will still be a really good lineup. But, um, I mean, I don't want to be the same as you. But, I mean, that Omega Pac match should be fantastic. But it just feels like it feels like it's been a lifetime since we've seen Pac outside of, like Dragon Gate, and there's only like limited access to that. And
2: it's it feels like it's we got a bit of it at Fight for the Fallen, but it's been a while since we've seen a Kenny Omega match. Not yeah. not just not a six man tag match, not twenty minutes with Jericho at the end of an already crazy show. I'm talking Kenny at running at full speed in a new Japan style match. It's been a while since we've seen that right? Arguably since January 4th.
1: And I think that he is in great shape. I think that he has rested up and I think he's itching to get back out there. And just, we're, we're looking forward to it. It's about time if, we get some Kenny.
2: If you can counter a, I think he's calling it the black arrow. Now, if you can counter that into a one winged angel, I don't know how physically you can do that, but give it a shot. There you go.
1: Maybe we'll find out. We'll be watching this weekend. So thanks again, everybody, for uh, for checking out the podcast, for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Check out comicbook.com backslash WWE for all of Connor's work and his staff. And the nine interviews that he's done as of late. Some and of them is- are already up there and some will be coming up there soon.
2: And that is just the beginning. We've got more coming this weekend, and we've got full coverage of everything happening at StarCast and everything happening at All Out the night of it happening. Got to check out comicbook.com for this, people.
1: There you go. And you can follow uh, Connor on uh, Twitter. It's at Connor Casey underscore CB. You can follow me. I'm getting at-
2: a bunch of followers lately. Thank you so much.
1: That's great. People, follow Connor, man. And uh, you can follow me. I'm at Brian Fritz. And, of course, you can follow the show at between the ropes and uh make sure you check out the facebook page as well that's where you can leave your questions for us every week and uh, a special thank you to everybody that's supporting us on patreon go to patreon.com backslash between the ropes and you can get the ad free version of this podcast there so thanks everybody should be a great weekend have a lot of fun enjoy it and we'll be back next week to talk about everything uh that happened from this past weekend uh maybe we can even talk a little bit more about what to expect coming up here from uh NXT, maybe and, uh, we'll even do a little WWE talk next week. I mean, that, that, that company could use the rub a little bit, I guess.
2: If we, if we must,
1: I think we can do that. So talk to you next week, everybody.
2: Peace.